Podcast Answer Man, episode number 353. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. This is Dan Andrews from the Lifestyle Business Podcast. You're listening to the hardest working man on iTunes. It's Cliff Ravenscraft, and he is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world or if you have been doing it for a very long time. That's it. (laughs) Uh, There's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and if you want to kind of get a feel for what I'm going to talk about in this episode, I've got a couple questions here uh, that have come up. Uh, First and foremost, a lot of questions have been coming up lately about why do you use, or why do I recommend not using the Libsyn RSS feed? I know that some of my uh, friends out there who have been uh, emailing me have had some conversations with certain people at Libsyn, and they are adamant that you should use uh, Lipson RSS feeds and Lipson everything else that Lipson has to offer. And I love my friends at Lipson, but I do have reasons why I only personally use Lipson as a media host and for stats and nothing else. And it's the same thing I recommend for all of my clients and all of my students as well. I don't think that it's the end of the world if you use them for your website, if you use them for your RSS feed. And all those other things, but uh, there is a reason why I do not, and I will share with you my thinking behind that in this episode. Uh, next up, I am going to take a couple questions off the voicemail feedback hotline. One is from Gina, and she wants to know about uh, my thoughts on how to have a co-host who is not in the studio with you, uh, and and if if you have that arrangement, how do you actually have a conversation? in your podcast without consistently interrupting each other. Uh, Then I'll have another question off the voicemail feedback line where Jeff wants to know, is it possible for a sports talk show to dip uh, into the entrepreneurial space? And then one other thing off the voicemail feedback hotline from Butch Gibson. He actually left me a three-minute and 18-second voice message that has no question whatsoever. But it certainly has his thoughts on a certain topic, and I thought the topic would be interesting to actually have a conversation about. So that, my friends, is what's going to be covered in this episode. I don't think there's going to be anything else, but you never know with me. Let's start things off, however, by talking about the first topic that I mentioned, and that is why do I not use Lipson's RSS feed? Why do I recommend having your own self-hosted WordPress website where you have your own hosting provider and where you are basically, now of course I do not recommend that you take your MP3 files and upload it to your hosting account. If you ever need any of my thoughts on how the difference, how I see different, the difference between hosting your website and hosting your media files, then just go and read podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. But, um, so I do recommend taking your MP3 files and throwing them out to a media 
hosting provider, somebody that's going to give you a flat monthly fee and not charge you for any additional bandwidth should your podcast surprisingly overnight become extremely popular and have thousands of downloads. No, instead you want flat monthly pricing on your downloads and um, yeah, that, that's where you want your media hosting. But when it comes to your website, I recommend having everything on your own WordPress. You take the media file, upload it to, let's just say Libsyn, or maybe you upload it to Blueberry if that's who you choose to go with. That's fine, but I only recommend using those places for the media hosting and stats that they offer you. Outside of that, you want to take the MP3 file, or at least the link to it, bring it over to your show notes that you'll type up inside of WordPress as a post, and publish it there and have a link that is going to uh, cre- help create your RSS feed for you. In the future, I may actually recommend a different way of doing podcasting, um, but for now, uh, I, I see no reason to change the way that I've been doing it since 2005, and um, I don't see any need to change that anywhere near in the future either. But um, anyway, so what we do is we bring the MP3 or the link to the MP3 file over to our WordPress post. And then what I recommend is using, at least for the base of your RSS feed, I recommend using the WordPress feed from your site or at least from the category of your podcast. And give me a second. I have to close my door here. And uh, looks like the kids and everybody's getting home from school right now. So... Yeah, so we're using the the, the category um, RSS feed off your, your website. And yes, I am still personally and with all of my clients and students, I am still sending having them set everything up to actually take that feed and run it through FeedBurner. I still think that there are some benefits there that outweigh any of the drawbacks that exist. Uh, and, and so that is what I'm having them do. And it, and it's mostly due to the fact that this is a system and setup that works all the time rather than most of the time or some of the time, depending on conflicts with other plugins and stuff like that. So I do have reasons to do all of these things, but why, if I, if, 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 if I say that Lipson is a good company for hosting your media files, that it's, it's a fair price and all of these other things, then why, Cliff, do you disagree with the folks over at Lipson about using their RSS feed? Well, here's the deal. I do not believe that anything is going to happen to Lipson uh, in the in the near future. And hopefully, I don't think that anything's going to happen to Lipson in the far off future, the, the distant f- future. But the reality is, is that this is a company that is owned by people who have to make money. And thankfully, at this time, uh, Libsyn, you know, does have a does have a platform, has a mechanism, has a method for generating revenue from their their uh, hosting account. Now, are there some podcasters out there that are playing paying a flat monthly fee and they're getting tens of thousands of downloads per episode? Uh, or you know, at least thousands of downloads per episode, and they're putting tons of episodes on there. And you know, th- sure, they have they have bigger accounts, but still, they're paying a flat monthly p- fee of not a lot. Uh, is it possible that you know that's actually costing them a little bit m- bit of money to have those quote unquote podcasters on their server? Maybe I don't know the answer to that question, 
But the reality is, is that there are literally thousands of podcasters out there who are paying the same exact flat monthly fee for whatever account size that they have for themselves. That is still an affordable cost for creating an audio podcast and hosting your media files there, uh, knowing that you have a flat monthly fee. And they're actually making, you know, the margins probably a little bit higher or quite a bit higher, I would assume, on some of the shows with lower download numbers. It's just how the the pricing model is set up. But anyway, I I feel that Libsyn is probably, in in my mind, a profitable company. It's been around since 2000, at least 2006, if not 2005, but I think it was 2006. Anyway, uh, the reality is, is that Libsyn's been around for a very long time, and I've been with them since 2006, and I've never once regretted it. Never once have I regretted it. Now, what I do want to do is, I, and what's prompted me to actually cover this today, because this is a this is a topic that I get an email on a consistent basis from people. Uh, this, you know, why why shouldn't I use the Lipson feed? Why shouldn't I use the Lipson feed? And I know that Lipson people are over there right now. They're all listening to my voice because somebody told them about it, and they're all cringing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm I'm just sharing my thoughts and opinions on this subject and. Uh, they shouldn't be cringing too much because I send them lots and lots and lots of new clients who gladly pay their monthly fees to host their audio files on Libsyn. And I mean lots. I mean hundreds per year minimum because I know that many of my A to Z students um, go through their their accounts. Uh, and, and that's just my A to Z students that I am aware of. So um, I, I, I know that they're not too unhappy, that, but they, I know they don't like what I'm about ready to tell you. And the reason why I'm covering this today is because on April 8th, now today is April 17th, all right? Back on April 8th, I believe it is, I, I just got wind of the fact that Mevio announced that it was shutting things down, all right, Mevio. Now, Mevio is a company that originally originally cr- was created, I think, right around 2005, 2006, uh, as a company called Pod Show, and it was uh, created by MTV, the former MTV VJ Adam Curry. Now, Adam Curry is oftentimes credited as as a co-founder or or co-creator of the technology of adding audio files as enclosures to um, MP3 or to RSS feeds, uh, thus being one of the, he's affectionately known by many as the pod father himself. Uh, him, and I think it was, I can't think of his name right now, but um, anyway, it, it, the whole deal is, is that Adam Curry created this uh, company called Podshow, and his idea was that I'm going to raise some funds, we're gonna create this company, Podshow Incorporated, And we're going to find some of the best talent out there and we're going to make lots of money together. Uh, It was one of the first network models. Now, um, let's see here. They did raise a lot of funds. Now, my understanding that from the time the company started until it just recently shut down, that they burned through $39 million dollars. And it's all gone. Now that's that I unfortunately I could not go to Mevio.com and verify anything there. And uh, some of this information is just uh, I, I've I've read it around the web from people who are close to the story, but nothing none of this stuff, none of this information links to solid 
quotable sources. So understand I'm sharing with you things that I've heard. And, you know, of course, I do know that it was originally Pacho. I do know it was Adam Curry. And I know that he had a method for bringing in some of the greater talent and, um, you know, offering to pay them. Uh, to produce their show. I, Callie Lewis got started when she had geekbeat.tv and there are a couple others. Uh, Adam personally uh, emailed me and asked me if I would be a part of Pod Show with my lost podcast back in the day. He was one of my subscribers and loved the show. And, um, you know, I seriously considered it until I saw the contract and I decided that, you know, I want to own this stuff. I don't want somebody else owning this. And, uh, you know, they, they they offered to work with me on the contract, but it, it just still, it was something that I, I felt absolutely confident that I wanted to stay independent. But the thing is, is they had VC money, venture capital money, and they ha- they were paying Callie Lewis. They were paying some of these other hosts uh, on their network, and they would have paid me as well if I would have signed the contract. And, of course, they did get some some advertiser, but they, uh, and by the way, Byron's uh, correcting me, or not correcting me, but adding Dave Weiner uh, was the other co-creator, and I would say that he probably had a lot more to do with it than than Adam, but I think it was the two of them together. Dave Weiner and Adam Curry together uh, were the ones who came up with this idea of the enclosures in the RSS feed. So thank you so much, Byron, in the chat room for, for uh, helping me out there. I had a momentary lapse on that name. But uh, anyway, so uh, Pod Show, it, it, it was it was this big thing. It was you know they had lots of uh, fun doing it. I I really enjoyed a lot of the content that they were creating. They created this uh, network of premium podcasters that they would uh, offer to pay money to, and then of course they also opened it up and said, you know what, we're also going to create a platform where you can host your show on Pod Show for free, even if you're not a network partner with us as long as you know and you know you know for in exchange for your free bandwidth that we're going to give you uh we may run some advertising on it and that's that's how you get paid that's that's how uh we get paid for your con or for your for the bandwidth services that we offer you is we'll we might run our our ads on your shows um anyway back in 2008 or 2009 i'm not sure uh, Podshow was actually sold to another company, and uh, actually, by I think maybe by that time it might have already been called Mevio. They did a, did a whole rebranding over to this uh, brand name called Mevio. So Podshow became became Mevio, and the the they sold this in 2008 or 2009 to a new owner, and that new owner uh, was really into the video content that they were producing. They, they really were sold on this idea of this streaming video and the video podcasting, and they weren't so keen on audio. And one of the things they did back in this time frame was they completely, uh, shut down their audio services to podcasters. They announced that, Hey, sorry guys, uh, we're going video only. And, my understanding now, of course, I do remember all of the emails that I got when when this notice of Mevio was shutting down all of its services to audio podcasters and uh, and stuff. But one of the things that I read online earlier earlier today is that about a week later, or maybe even yeah, maybe about a weekend later, um, they actually backtracked and said that they had mis- made a mistake and that. You know, they kind of, you know, said, will you forgive us? I'm sorry, we were wrong. We just can't live without you. You know, cue up the music kind of deal. 
Uh, but anyway, the the sad story is is that now you know after trying to find a way to make money, they still were never able to do it. They they really uh, could not break out of this advertising model. This this radio model and and well the reality is i believe that mevio slash pod show incorporated or whatever it was called i believe that it could have made money i believe that it was possible i, I believe that that some of the vision that they had could have worked out but for whatever reason uh, i don't know what it is but man a lot of these companies get this venture capital and they get these millions and millions and millions of dollars and the next thing you know, they're they're doing crazy, stupid stuff with that money. I don't know what it is that 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 causes them to do that, uh, but they do. Anyway, on April eighth, two thousand fourteen, they announced Mevio announced that they were shutting down Mevio altogether, not just audio podcasting, but everything. All of those shows, all of the shows that were on their network completely 100% were shutting it down and all they gave was a 10-day notice. Now, I went to see if I could find any kind of documentation on their site, uh, but basically from what I'm hearing, I I couldn't find it, but they said uh, on April 18th, Mevio announced it was shutting down, shutting things down. They only gave a 10 notice stating that the service would end on April 18th. 18th that you had until April 18th to get your content off of their site and find other arrangements. Now, again, this is coming from people who were content creators with them, but again, I don't have any original source documentation. And here's the deal. If you go to me right now, if I go to mevio.com, that's M-E-V-I-O.com, there's no website there. In fact, uh, to, to be able to get in, you need a username and a password. So the site is currently down. Uh, I would imagine that if you're on their network, uh, they would give you the username and password so you can get in and do whatever it is you need to do and then get your stuff and get out. <laughs> I don't know if they're necessarily like that about it, but you know the thing is is that this is, this is a service that offered uh, hosting, bandwidth, and all kinds of other benefits, come host with us, come host with us. And by the way, yes, and for many of those podcasters, yes, they do have the RSS feeds. They're the ones who are the originator of the RSS feeds. And so now what has to happen, if for every single show that's on Mevio, those hosts have until the 18th of April, they had a total of 10 days to get their RSS feeds all switched over to something else. And imagine if that were your podcast, and during those 10 days, you happen to be in a season of life where you're busy doing something else. I'll get back to that in just a moment. But it reminds me of another service called blip.tv. Back, uh, let me just share with, this is December 2011. I'm gonna just read this note to you. Now, this is something that I found uh, the original source on it was uh, it says at Bliptot TV uh, we're focused on being the best home for high quality original episodic video web series. To that end, we have focused on making our upload prog- process as easy and foolproof as possible. For a number of years, we've permitted the upload of non-video formats, but beginning December thirteenth, two thousand eleven, we will be turning off the ability to upload 
all audio-only formats, including MP3. Pro accounts will still have the ability to create an MP3 conversion from their original source video files, but direct MP3 uploads will no longer be allowed. If you are uploading an audio-only podcast, we strongly recommend using a more appropriate platform such as Libsyn or Podbean. By next week, at the latest, we will begin offering an option in your dashboard to redirect your current RSS feed that we have been doing for you. (laughs) I'm adding that part. To a new location. This will allow iTunes to move your subscribers over to your new feed and host automatically. Now, that was back in 2011. Now, from my understanding is that they were going to continue to do video podcasting and hosting a video podcasting and I may or may not be right, but I think recently I've been getting a lot of emails from people who have had a video podcast on blip.tv who seem to be telling me something's going on and that they're being required to move away from that service altogether as a podcaster. I I, I just, I get a ton of email and I just happen to remember or recall two emails that mentioned blip.tv and needing to fix their RSS feeds and this and that and what have you. And I referred them off to somebody that could help them with those RSS feed transfers. But uh, I'm not positive, but I think that blip.tv may be getting out of podcasting altogether. I could be wrong, but here's the deal. Even back then, they they said bye-bye to the audio podcasters. Then we go back to December 2008. Matter of fact, I remember this one perfectly. I was almost ready to sign a contract. I had, I was probably just, it was probably two weeks after I finally made the decision, I'm not going to sign a contract with Podango. Podango Podango.com, I don't even know if that even pulls up anything anymore these days. Let's take a look here. Podango.com. And uh, it's you can buy that domain, it appears. So anyway, um, this is what it says. And this is actually, uh, I actually pulled this from my own show notes from back in that time frame. Friday, December 26th, the president of Podango, Douglas G. Smith, published an entry on the Podango company blog. In the post, Doug writes, Our ability to continue operations past the end of this year, 2008, is in question. We do not want any of you or any of your shows to be negatively affected by this uncertainty. And so we are encouraging you to begin taking all necessary steps to secure your data and begin moving to another hosting provider. As of today, the last day to move or secure your data is December 31st. My friends, this was actually posted the day after Christmas. December 26th. That means that Podango gave their clients six days. Six days during the Christmas break to move their content. If not, it was gone forever. And let me tell you, come January 1st, that site was down. So my friends, this is why I do not like the idea of just signing up for a media host hosting company and have them running your website, have them running your RSS feed and everything else. Now, uh, what happens though is, now the thing is, is 
why what happens cliff to you if if podcast answer man you've got all your shows on libsyn okay so, well here let me share with you what i do with my files when i'm creating this podcast so my podcast is going to be finished here i'm going to do pam this is 353 hyphen and it'll have some kind of string of uh, it'll have a name .mp3 and once that's decided that's not going to change I'll tag the file and then I'll upload it to Libsyn and then I keep an archive of all my shows in a folder. Just the MT or just the MTV, just the MB, MP3 versions of them. So whatever Libsyn has, I have in a folder on my computer. Of course, I also have a backup and an external hard drive because I use Time Machine on my Mac. And then I also have a backup on Backblaze, which is an online backup service. So there's, and, and um, they're not in Dropbox, but they should be. <laughs> I should probably arrange that to happen as well. But anyway, so I have lots of backups of my files. So, and and they're all the, it's it's P-A-M, you know, 352 hyphen, whatever the title was, .mp3. Uh, so my file names are all there in my hard drive and they're all uploaded to Libsyn. So what happens is I upload my files to Libsyn as my media host, and then I get the link to that and I bring it over to WordPress. Now what happens is in WordPress, when in my RSS feed, uh, when it says, hey, where's the file located at? Well, it's gonna be at media.libsyn.com slash username slash the name of the file. All right, and so that's everything. It's going to be media.libsyn.com slash, you know, whatever, slash user. It might be traffic slash Libsyn, whatever. But anyway, it's going to have the media, it's going to have the Libsyn URL, and the prefix of that whole entire URL for my MP3 file is always the same. And uh, then it's going to end with slash PAM episode number hyphen title hyphen dot MP3. Um, or just .mp3. So what I can do is if Lipson said, hey, it's April 17th, 2014, and uh, we're giving you five days notice. We're shutting down operations. We can't continue to operate anymore. You have five days to get all of your content and make arrangements to go to a new hosting provider. Well, guess what? There is There are companies out there. For example, I know that Lipson is offering some help to do this. I know Pod, Poddang, or not Poddango, but um, what is it? Um, Blueberry is offering help to do this to, to these podcasters who are being left out by Mevio and some of these other ones. They have the ability for you to give them the RSS feed, and what they will do is automatically download all the episodes out of those services that are shutting down, and they'll automatically take those files and put them into your Lipson account if you create a Lipson account with them or your Blueberry account if you hope create a Blueberry hosting account with them. And so all of the files would be sucked into their service without you having to do anything provided all those episodes were in the in the feed and 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 everything would be fine. Worst case scenario, it's more you waited more than the 5 days and you came back from, you know, whatever vacation you were on and learned that the site shut down and can't do anything. Well, then you, I could, you know, sign up with Libsyn, or I could sign up with, the, or if, if Libsyn did this to me, I could sign up with Blueberry and say, here's all my files. I could upload them all. I would start with the most recent ones first and work my way backwards, 
And then, so that, okay, so I'm changing my media host. It's as simple as that. And then the only thing I would need to do from that point forward is I would need to go into WordPress, into my, or into my, my SQL database. Now, this is a little geeky, but if you had to do it, it's not extremely difficult, but I could do inside of my database, I can do a find and replace. And I could say everywhere you have, let's say HTTP colon slash slash traffic dot dot com slash username slash this file. I, I want you to take all of this information all the way up to the file name. I want you to take all of that and replace that with HTTP colon slash slash blueberry dot media dot. I don't know what blueberries things are, but basically all I'm going to do is change the opening media location. So I'm going to tell it to start pulling that file name from Blueberry or whatever new hosting service I might go with if Lipson were to go away. And literally within a couple hours, um, everything is is perfectly fine. Nothing changes for me, even if Lipson completely shuts down. Now, if, if I was using Lipson for my website for my podcast, as well as using Lipson for my RSS feed for my podcast, that you know, yes, it would. I I could move all of those things over. Hopefully, Lipson would make it easy for me to get in there and and do a change. But you know, is seven days enough? Is ten days enough for those RSS feeds to all take through? What about people who aren't checking your feed all the time? You know, th- there's a lot of things to be left open there. And and these companies that shut down, they're not giving they're not giving podcasters a lot of time. When I see it happening, it's not like this happens all the time. But man, another one bites the dust. And Mevio's the latest. And so, my friends, that is why I do not recommend using Libsyn. I don't recommend using any of those services as your website. I don't recommend using any of those services for your RSS feed. And some people say, gosh, Cliff, you feel so strongly about that, but yet you still recommend people use FeedBurner. And there are reasons for that, which I've talked about in the past. And, uh, yeah. And by the way, I, I still have in my mind, I, there, I, I believe there's a better way. It's a little bit more of a, a geeky way, and it's a little bit more of a technical way, but uh, I do have a better way, and it's the original way, and that's hand-coded RSS feeds and, and ways of creating those feeds and fun stuff like that. But uh, until there's a need for it, I'm going to continue to do what's worked and has never failed me yet. And uh, in, in spite of some of the shortcomings. I, I do things the way that I do and not everybody agrees with it, but uh, I'm okay with that. Oh, wow. So that was much longer. That was 31 minutes. <laughs> All right. Now at least I have a resource where um, where I can turn people to when they ask me that question. All right. Let's go to Gina. Gina, you have a question. Let's go ahead and uh, take it away. Hi, Cliff. My name is Gina Vision. I was thinking about starting a an interview podcast, um, but I wanted to kind of have a co-host because I'm not sure about my abilities of carrying on a flowing conversation for um, the length of a podcast. So I was wondering if you had any experience um, dealing with a co-host and not interrupting each other, especially when you're not in a studio together. Say, let's we're using two different locations and we're talking to a third person, our guest in another location, how would we keep from interrupting each other? Uh, We can't see each other's faces. 
that was kind of my question. I've been curious about that. So if you have an answer, that'd be great. And I appreciate your help. You do some wonderful work. Thank you. All right, Gina, thank you for the question. And I love the topic. You know, I've had many co-hosts over the years, and I, I literally have, gosh, I would say, I, I think it's safe to say I have thousands of episodes that I've personally done with co-hosts. Uh, my wife and I ha- are co-hosts on several shows. Uh, Eric Fisher and I have done a show together, and I've done a show with several other my other friends, and we're talking like hundreds of episodes that I've done with those friends. So I'm very familiar with having a co-host. You're certainly right. It is easier for you to... Uh, not interrupt one another without knowing that you're doing so uh, when you're face-to-face. But it's possible to do it via Skype as well. Uh, one thing to be doing is it, to make sure of is that you know your setup is allowing what's called full duplex. And I have seen this problem with um, Skype before where if the other person's talking and you try to say something, while they're still talking, Skype, for whatever reason, is not allowing your voice to go through to their their headphones. Uh, one of the things that I would recommend you do is kind of test and see if that's working out for you, just so you know. Because if, if everything's working properly, and I don't have a fix, by the way, for for if it's not working properly, but everything if everything's working properly, let's just say Eric Fisher and I are doing a co-hosted segment of social media, uh, a segment here for Podcast Answer Man, um, if everything's working correctly and Eric's is is actually talking some about something and he is on a tyrant about something that he's believed strongly in, and all of a sudden I disagree and say I say whoa 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 wait a minute Eric he should be able to hear me even though he's still talking and if so he and I both know and have this you know, it's probably an unspoken agreement but he and I both understand that only one of us it really makes only sense for one of us to be talking at a time. And that if we interrupt one another to st- say something, then the other person kind of just says, oh, okay, I'll, let, I'll, I'll yield the floor to you or I'll yield the microphone to you. Uh, and, and by the way, I just want to say this. Sometimes it can be a good thing to interrupt your co-host. That's one of the things that's kind of nice about having a co-host is that, um, you know, it gives you the ability to do some interrupting. So don't worry about interrupting all the time. Uh, one of the things that I can say, though, is that um, when you have a co-host, let's forget about the interview for just a second, but let's just say you have a show and you both have lots of things you want to talk about. It's helpful in those scenarios to kind of have a bullet point list of things you want to introduce in the show as far as things to discuss. And what you can do is before the show starts, you look at that bullet point list and you kind of assign topics per bullet point to one of the two of you. So Father Roderick and I used to do a podcast called Balanced Living Weekly together. And I would say, here are the topics that we're going to do. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this first one. You want to talk about this next one? He goes, well, I kind of would rather you talk about that one. I say, I'll tell you what, let me give you the first one. I'll do the second one. How about you do this one? Or we might switch up the order, but we kind of bounce back and forth. And what we do is you kind of get into a groove. You kind of, it takes a little time for you to work together, but there are some times when you can get to the place where you're starting to get your to know your co-host so well that you can tell when they're s- sort of wrapping to a point, you know, where they're starting to run things down to a certain level where they're asking, you know, without even saying, so what do you think? Uh, you can tell that they're ready for you now to take over the conversation. 
and maybe there's a slight pause or something like that. And 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 maybe there's a long awkward pause and you could leave that in or you can go ahead and roll with the flow and take out the long awkward pause in post production. But I think the the one thing that you can do is you can work on this together with your co-host and you'll get better and better and better. However, uh, there is one other thing that you can do, especially in the situation where you have that interviewee that you're ta- both talking to, and that is, well, don't forget that if you're if you've got your co-host coming in on Skype, you have the ability to text chat, chat via Skype as well. You're both connected. You got the window open. Just make sure you both have the text box open, and you can actually be chatting with each other as you're having a conversation. Eric and I do this quite often. Well, maybe not as often now as we used to, but Eric Fisher and I used to do this quite a bit. He would be saying something and I say I would say, "Hey, I would type in, "Hey Eric, I have a quick question." And uh and he, and Eric will finish whatever his thought is and he says, "I think Cliff, you've got a question. Go ahead." And and he would cue me up and boom, I you know, he'd throw, you know, he'd throw me a softball and I'd hit it out of the park. And we would bounce it back and forth that way by queuing each other via the text chat inside of Skype. Now, a couple things that you want to make sure there is that you disable the sound effects that are commonly uh, default by uh, Skype. You can go into Skype preferences and go into notifications and turn off all those annoying sounds. Um, And of course, the other thing is, is you want to make sure that your microphones aren't gained up so high that you hear all this tack, all this banging on the keyboard or the, you know, the 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 typing that you're doing in the background. So hopefully that is helpful to you as well. But Gina, those those are my thoughts right off the top of my head on how you can have a co-host without interrupting each other so much. But again, uh, make sure you allow yourself to interrupt each other every now and then. Have fun with it. All right, Jeff is next. Jeff, take it away, my friend. Hi, Cliff. Uh, my name is Jeff, and I am calling from Easton, Pennsylvania, and had a question for you for the podcast Answer Man podcast. Um, I have been listening to the podcast Answer Man podcast for many months now, and back in April, you helped me through your podcast products get my website and podcast started. So thank you so much for that. Uh, My podcast, which is called the Philadelphia Sports Table, is dedicated to Philly sports talk. And like you say, providing the best content as possible is what we continually strive to do. However, uh, the more I listen to your podcasts and your guests, I don't seem to fit the entrepreneur mentality that's consistently talked about on your show. I'm not selling products. In fact, I'm not selling anything for my podcast or website. However, that's something I'm currently looking into at the moment. I guess my question is, how can a sports talk podcast and website, which isn't a business, actually dive into the entrepreneurial aspects that you consistently talk about on your show? Is it even possible? So thanks so much for your time, Cliff, and any advice you can give would be appreciated. Take care. All right, Jeff, I do have a thought for you here. I I love your question. You said, how can a sports talk podcast and website, which is isn't a business actually dive into the entrepreneurial aspects that you consistently talk about is it even possible the answer is yes and the first thing for you to do is to actually have a little bit of a shift in your mindset you need to shift from saying this isn't a business and you need to do away with that vocabulary from this point forward and you just simply need to replace it with this is a business. That, that's it. Really, it is that easy. So, so 
what you want to do is you want to say, I have this for, uh, you know, Philadelphia sports table podcast, which is a business that generates income. Yes, it's something that I do. I love what I do, but it is a side business that I run on the side of whatever my day job is. You need to start communicating it in your mind that way, and you probably want to start communicating it uh, that way to your friends and possible associates or or even to your audience in, in whenever it is appropriate to do so. But certainly the most important place to make this mental shift is in your mind. You are running a business. Because if you're if you're not running a business, then you won't necessarily be able to to really dive into this place of where you can start generating revenue. It, it, it's a real hard thing for a lot of people to say, why should I be making any money from my hobby? You know, why should be p- people pay me to do this? And I've seen that struggle a lot. In fact, I struggled with that myself uh, early on. And so it does require a, m- a mental mindset shift from this is not a business to this is a business. All right. So make that first. Now, and by the way, that's pretty easy to do. Uh, it, it just, you have to make the decision. Is this a business? If so, and, and what is a business? A business is a, a, an organization or an entity that is designed to generate profit, all right? It's, it's designed to generate profit. That is what a business is. So now, once you've decided, yes, I have a business. What is my business? My business is currently, uh, it is a business based upon Philadelphia uh, sports uh, for Philadelphia sports fans. Uh, It is a business that currently, the assets of the business are a website, the assets are a podcast, you know, and whatever else that you've got going on, but this is a business, all right? Now, the next thing to do is to say, okay, how much money do I have as a goal for my business to generate? It's an it's important question to ask. How much money? Now, it, you could say, you know, I want my business to generate, you know, $20 a month or 20 bucks a week, you know, and, and start there. I guarantee you, you can generate $20 a week from your podcast. Hands down, that's a piece of cake. But the question is, is how much do you really want to generate? And, and, and it's okay to have large numbers. It's okay to say, you know, I want to generate $5,000 a month from this. I want to generate $10,000 a month from this. I want to generate $30,000 a month from this. Now, the thing is, is I'm going to encourage you to go to podcastanswerman.com slash occupation as soon as you're finished listening to this episode. Again, go to podcastanswerman.com slash occupation. And I will just tell you there's an entire podcast uh, uh, devoted to, or at least 27 minutes of a podcast, uh, devoted to why I think that you should not think of your podcast as a business, but I think you you should think about yourself as having a business that has a podcast, all right? Those are two very different things. You know, your podcast is not your business, you have a business that has an asset known as a podcast. Okay. Not every well, maybe it's not an asset. Maybe you have a pod, maybe you have a business that has a liability that's a podcast. That, that, that that's a whole nother story. But anyway, the reality is is that that you have a business 
and that your business currently has a website and it has a podcast. How's that? So now once you've decided how much money do I want to generate, let's just assume that since you quote unquote currently believe that it, you're, what you've got going on is not a business, I'm assuming you're making nothing. All right, so I, I think I'm okay with that assumption and we'll move forward. Now, let's just assume that in your wildest dreams right now, uh, you'd like to make $5,000 per month. Now, is that going to happen within the next six months if you're currently under the mindset that you have no business and all of a sudden tomorrow you decide you do have a business? It's probably not going to happen in six months. Could it? Possibly. It, you know, anything could happen. But let, let you you probably want to set a realistic goal. Let's say Philadelphia Sports Podcast the goal is to make $5,000 a month from these efforts on the side of what you've got going on there to really create a business. Let's just say that I want to be, within 18 months, I want to have an average of $5,000 a month or more coming in from my business. All right, again, from my business, not just for the podcast, but from my business. Now, once you have the mindset that you have a business and you have a goal for how much money your business uh, is desires to make, then what you need to do is decide, okay, what are the possibilities for income streams? And get this, your income stream possibilities through having an online business such as this is not really too much different than anybody else you've ever heard on this show. See, the thing is, is you've automatically excluded yourself from the entrepreneurial-focused-minded content and, and callers and, and guests on my show, when in reality, there's no reason for you to do that unless you had absolutely zero dollar, zero desire to generate income. But now that you have a desire, you might go back and listen to a lot of content that we've talked about in the past and see that a lot of this does apply to you. So, for example... One of the things that you may want to start doing right away is generating a mailing list of people who are fans of your content that you're currently creating online. Uh, why do you want that? Because your emailing list is going to be one of the most effective marketing tools that you have to sell products or services, either yours or someone else's. Now, once you have all of this mindset, everything that we've talked about first, the next thing I want you to do is think about your target audience and ask yourself, who are these people? What is the average person that's listening to my show? And if and by the way, am I one am I do I fit into the target demographic of this show? You know, and if so, what kind of things do I like? that these people also like. And you can get all stereotypical. In fact, I think it's okay. I think it's okay for you to get stereotypical about what these sports guys like. I don't know if it's big, I'm gonna, I'm really get myself in trouble because I know nothing about sports and I could care less about sports. But do, do these guys all like chewing tobacco? I don't know. Uh, do they, you know, is there special itch that you can get for your butt that they scratch or pat each other on? I, I have no idea. That, okay, that's going too far. But anyway, uh, no, seriously though, what what do these guys like? Do they, do? is there a specific kind of, um, you know, other brand of entertainment? Do Did I actually write down some of this? Uh, I'm just wondering if I came up with any 
ideas. Um, oh, here's the thing. Okay, so it's Philly sports. So I imagine these guys go to stadiums, right? Well, you could, by the way, you could get advertising and, and, and sponsorship opportunities. So you could actually go and, and listen to sports radio and listen to the companies that are advertising for the play-by-play analysis of that show. I'll tell you right now, they're paying good money to be advertisers on that radio station that's at that's uh, doing this, you know, the play-by-play stuff. Well, see if you can reach out to those folks and give them an opportunity to advertise on your Phillies Table podcast. It you might be surprised. You probably could generate five thousand dollars a month within the next eighteen months just from advertising alone. I don't know. That's something you'd have to find out. Test the waters. You'd a lot of this, by the way, and and of course, this is where it becomes very important for you to study business and entrepreneurship and sales and marketing. Uh, all of these things, it, it for you to be able to dip your toes into this stuff, you really need to start thinking of yourself as as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. And as you're doing that, one of the things you'll need to learn about is self-confidence and the value that of, of the audience that you have. Matter of fact, one book I'll tell you right now that you should read is Crush It. It is an old book, but it's called Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. You can read it in an afternoon. If I can read it in an afternoon, I know you can. Um, so uh, that, will t- that will give you a lot of ideas and especially will help you understand the great value you have in the listeners that you have. But but here's the thing. So you could do advertisers who are already advertising on the radio. Those are potential advertisers for your show. Um, the kinds of advertisers. Listen to that. Is it auto parts store? Well, maybe you you advertise auto parts. Is, you know, are these guys into you know those kind of things? Is it you know? Are, I don't know. You you have to think about the products and services that you like that are also indicative of the average person who listens to your show. And those are the advertisers and sponsorship opportunities that might exist for your show. There are also affiliate relationship. Maybe you can't get somebody. Maybe you're having a very difficult time with your self-confidence and your and, and the value that you bring to sponsors. Or maybe your audience is so small that you're not uh, confident that you can really deliver on the value of whatever it is they're paying you. Well, then you can have an affiliate relationship where basically you're getting paid per per transaction and and you're giving people links to go buy products and services from other people and if they use your promo code or if they use your link that you give them in the podcast then you will get a commission. I do that with Bluehost and I get a very generous commission every single time somebody uses my Bluehost affiliate link over there at podcastanswerman.com/hosting. You know, things like that. So you could do that. There's lots of sports related things. Sports uh, I'm sure that there are some t-shirt companies out there that sell Phillies t-shirts and and all kinds of gear like that. Uh, so uh, I would imagine there would be some affiliate opportunities in that space. And here's the big one. You know, how about having your own product or your own services? Uh, for example, you know, maybe you invest in getting season tickets and uh, season tickets to your to to the you know the best seats in the house at this place, and you try to find some legal way. And of course, you might I, I'm just guessing at this stuff, but you might want to seek some advice from some legality of this. But you you might be able to offer some sort of incentives for people to be a part of a membership. And sometimes you know that you know members sometimes have the opportunity to potentially receive you know free tickets to the best seats in the house or whatever you might have your own 
You might one day have your own suite in the stadium or whatever. I don't just all kinds of crazy little things, and you could maybe charge people to 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 be a part of your meetups in a stadium. I I, I don't know. I, it, 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 anyway, you get the idea of things that you can do there. There's really there's all kinds of ideas. You have to research all of them, the feasibility of all of them. But if all of a sudden you think ah, all of that just seems like too much work, well then guess what? You're right. <laughs> You may not be cut out to be an entrepreneur or a business person because it is work, uh, but that but it is part of the fun of it. And the cool thing is, is that you know what you know for some folks they think that five thousand dollars. There's no way I'm ever going to make five thousand dollars. I can tell you right now, there used to be a day when I struggled to make five thousand dollars when I was doing it full time. Uh, and there are times when I you know I remember when I set a goal for making ten thousand dollars a month and. And I, when I started hitting that on a consistent basis, then I set a goal for fifteen thousand, and then when I set a goal for twenty thousand, and now my goal is forty thousand. I haven't yet hit; I've only passed the forty thousand dollar profit uh, or income business income uh, month. I think four times, which, by the way, is pretty cool uh, that I've made more than forty thousand dollars in a single month four different times so far in the last two years, uh, or actually in the last year. Uh, but uh, my goal is to start getting to the place where that's average for me, um, you know. And and I recently, for some of you that know this, I, I shut down the podcast mastermind. And I I quit doing a major consulting gig with uh, New Media Expo, and so I I I took a big chunk out of my income right now. But my goal is still forty thousand a month, and you know I'm I'm hitting you know just over half of that on an average basis over the last couple months since making these changes. But here's the deal. You have to be willing to, in your mind, say this is a business. It is a business. It's not a hobby. It's not just playing around. I'm serious about this, and this is how much money I want to make. And that, my friend, is the only way you're going to be able to do it. And by the way, one of the things I can tell you right now, I, I go, I've been to a couple sporting events, and sitting in those, uh, I sit in those chairs and 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 or, or those seats and stuff like that, and it just gets a little sore sometimes. And I see some of those. You know, those fancy cushions, you know, that, that some people bring to their, you know, their own cushions that they sit on or whatever. Just what if you just made your own or, you know, you had a company that made them but branded them with your logo and, and you, you 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 get them really cheap because you buy them in quality or bulk and, and you, you sell them to your fans who are your diehard fans. And, you know, th- there are all kinds of opportunities. But Anyway, Jeff, I am so delighted that you're thinking in that uh, in that way. You know what? I do have time for one more. This is a three minute and eighteen second audio file, but I'm going to let Butch uh, share his three minutes and eighteen seconds on my show, and I'm going to then uh, wrap it up with my thoughts after I hear what after we all hear what uh, Butch has to say. Butch, Butch, take it away. Hey, Chris Ravenscraft. I call you every now and then. My name is Butch Gibson. I'm getting to be like a professional podcast procrastinator. Never. I don't feel like I'll ever start my show. But look, um, sometimes, man, I listen to these podcasts, and it's just comical to me. This is for maybe for the podcast answer, man. Maybe just for not necessarily the podcast answer, man, podcast, but just for Cliff Ravenscraft. Sometimes, man, it's funny to me that I listen to podcasts, and I listen to like a wide variety of them at times. But sometimes it seems like they speak to me. There was an episode that you did a while ago, and you said like how many calls you get about people that complain. I lost so much respect for so and so because blah blah blah. Cliff, I love how you. Um, 
And you know what? The funny thing about it is I was I was really wanting to call you because I had one of those those things that happened to me like that. And, you know, I'm kind of out here in the, you know, fringe, you know, 275. I'm around the loop or whatever, you know, just kind of dipping in every now and then on different shows or whatever. But I promise, Cliff Ravenscraft, you are a good dude. You know, I, I send you all kinds of goofy stuff, and, and you just take a moment to, to reply to me. And the the similarity in what you said in that in that comment that you made, it it spoke to me because that has happened to me. And it's not so much that other people don't don't respond. I get that. You know, let me just pick some, like Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn is like, you know, he's out there. You know, he's responded, but I know I sent him an email or something. If he doesn't respond, it's like, ah, so what? You know, he's busy. He's doing stuff. He might not even read. Who knows what he's doing anyway? But he's still a good dude. And I'm not going to necessarily name anybody in particular, but I tell you, there's been times which I don't understand where I've gone out of my way, I felt, to kind of, you know, correspond with somebody. And not only, it's not so much when folks don't respond, but it seems like when they go out of their way to be rude or out of their way to be self-centered, and I I was just kind of blown away, like, um, all right, you know, sure, you know, I, I invite Cliff to, to uh, an art show or whatever, you know, but, you know, hey, you said, hey, you know, I'm busy, blah, 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 but it was just interesting that I, I had some other stuff that I had going on, um, and some folks just went out of their way to just be kind of rude, and um, it's just interesting, man, people are funny, man, but I praise God every day, I woke up today, and I was able to, to dial the numbers to to call this call this and leave this voicemail. So that's a blessing. And if you got your ears on and you were able to hear this message, you can listen this far. That's another blessing. Every time, man, it's just so many just that, that compound themselves. It's just what they they add up exponentially throughout the day. Anyway, man, keep up the good work. I hope that works out for you. I just was I just started listening to something where you said you're going to start doing some daily podcasts so you can get your five mile. Four and a half to five mile walk in. Hope that works out. Hope you uh, stay in good health and, and be blessed, man. Peace and blessings. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk to you again. One of these days, I'm going to bump into each other. One of these days, I'm going to just shake your hand and say, hey, man, you're doing a good job. And I get to say that in person. All right, man. Peace. All right. Butch, I look forward to that day, my friend. I really do. You know what? I'm going to start this. And you know what? Hold on. I'm just going to stop the music because I know I'm going to go over three and a half minutes probably, but that's okay. Uh, here's the deal, Butch. Thank you. It's great to hear your voice again. And, um, you know, I I have appreciated all of the emails that I've gotten from you, all the invitations to do things. Uh, even recently you sent me an invitation for some kind of big health fair or something that's going on there in Cincinnati. And, and, and I, I, once again, I, I turned you down. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, so this topic, uh, what Butch is referring to, and I've, I've talked about this in the past, I recently, you know, had somebody uh, in an A to Z course, gosh, it was probably about six months ago, maybe even a whole year ago, where somebody was going on and on about how much they appreciated how attentive I was to their every need. And it's so nice that when somebody's achieved the level of success that I have, that I still take the time to personally care and show so much attention towards you know you know the average listener and and stuff like that and and you know while I definitely am very appreciative of that that feedback the reality is is that 
Um, this person was paying, you know, either they either got the early bird discount for, you know, $1,500 to go through a four week course with me, or they paid the full $2,000 to go through the four week course with me if they signed up, you know, just before the course started. And so I had to remind this person that, Hey, you know, I want you to know that I really wish I gave every single person the type of care and attention that I've given to you, you know, but I want you to understand that what you've received over the four weeks of this course is, well, you've gotten a lot of attention while I've ignored hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people in my email inbox. Um, now, when I say ignored them, I, I, I'm still not at a place where I'm totally ignoring people. Uh, I still respond to every email that comes into my email inbox. And there's, you know, between 40 to at least 100 plus emails every single day that still shows up in my inbox. That's not spam. That's not all that other auto generated stuff. These are real genuine emails from real live human beings who are telling me their story. They, you know, it's usually a minimum of three paragraphs, sometimes six where they tell me their entire story about, you know, how they found me, uh, you know, how, you know what what they've been doing over the last, you know, 15 years of their life and why podcasting is so absolutely essential that they get into it and why they've fallen in love with it and usually somewhere in the last paragraph or last two or three paragraphs there's anywhere between 1 to sometimes 5, 6 or 7 quote unquote quick questions. The reality is, is there's not enough time in the day for me to answer all of those. It's just not possible. Now, do I answer all my emails? Yes, but oftentimes I do respond with something that might even be construed by as being rude. And, And it's not because I don't care, because I do. I genuinely care about every single person but I am not able to give every single person the amount of time that I believe that they are, um, you know, that they are worth that that they are that they um, I I don't know what the word I'm even thinking of. But the reality is is that while some people might think of you know let's just say somebody out there who is one of my peers or somebody who is even further along in their success than I am, much further along in their success than I am. That, you know, it, it 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 may be very common that you might send them an email and never receive a response. That that's very possible. Uh, usually, some of the some of the company that I that I keep, you're probably going to get a response, and it's going to be a well thought out, pre scripted response that's been sent by their assistant. Um, you know, but it's something that that to be honest with you, the the person that you sent the email to never saw the email. Their assistant saw the email, briefly glanced over the email, and chose the best pre-scripted response for you. That's how that works. Some people see that as rude. Uh, I, I I just have a hard time seeing that as rude. Now, there are some of those people who actually are still kind of getting into their email, and they, they are sending you something back, and it is from them. They actually did either glance at your you know very long email or they did read the, you know, the the whole email if it's short enough, or if they had enough extra time to read the whole email, um, and then in response, 
they may have sent you something that seemed not necessarily indicative of what you might have expected as a result of the message that you sent. It might be a one simple thing. I'm sorry, I'm unable to help you with this. I do wish you great success. And they had to hit send and they moved on. And gosh, is that does that possibly sound very rude? Now, Butch, I, it sounds to me like somebody's actually, you know, went out went out of the way to actually do something and actually say something offensive. And and I certainly I'm glad you didn't share names and I don't need to know who they are. And I'm sure you know who they are and that whole situation. But I, I do know that there are some times when, you know, I've I've actually sent a couple emails and I feel rude sending it. But the reality is, is that I have no other option other than to stop everything that I'm doing and pick up the phone and call and talk to the people and, and give them anywhere between 20 minutes to 90 minutes of my time. Uh, and, you know, the, it's the only way that I'm going to be able to, de- to to deliver upon their expectations of what they're hoping to get from me uh, based upon whatever backstory they have. And and let me tell you, I, I get emails I, this today, it's Thursday, April 17th, 2014. I received an email from a gentleman in Africa who told me that my email, that my class for my podcasting A to Z course is equivalent to what it would cost for anywhere between one week to one year salary and wanted to know if I could just take some time to, to get on the phone for a couple quick questions uh, with him from South Africa. And the answer to the question was no, and and it it I it it's I feel horrible, but I did link to him. I, I linked him to my absolutely free, one hundred percent, no cost at all tutorial that over fifty thousand people have gone through. Uh, I linked him to some other resources and some other valuable communities of online podcasts where he can interact with these people. I've received you know countless number of stories of of people who have said, Cliff, you know, because of this, I'm not able to this, I haven't, you know, and and there, there are stories that that break my heart, but the reality is, is I don't have enough physical capacity to respond to every person's need that reaches out to me. I certainly don't have, you know, the the emotional capacity to reach out to 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 return to every Buddy that that deserves it uh, in one way, shape, or another. Um, or some people would even say, Cliff, that it's the thing is they don't deserve that. It's, it, it, it's not that you owe that. Um, and and so I get that. I'm trying not to feel guilty about the fact that I'm unable to help everyone. But the reality is, is I'm not. And you know, I don't have the the physical capacity to say yes to everyone or to most people. Uh, I don't have the emotional capacity. And and. You know, contrary to some people's beliefs, I don't even have the financial capacity. You know, the the just the number of people who, you know, would desire that I give them, you know, half off on equipment and stuff like that. It's just like, ah, you know, it's so many requests. I it, it's unbelievable the number of requests that I get on a daily basis, and you know. It, it's not easy saying no. And and Butch, there are some people that that come up and over time, you know, you, you just get to know who they are. And, you know, you, you do take a little bit of it. I do take an extra time. When I see Butch come in via email. It, it's different than somebody else that I've never heard of before because Butch is, 
you know, Butch has been around the community for quite some time. He's been an encourager. And and I talked, I think, a long time ago. I did a podcast episode on how do you get on ra- the radar of certain people. And, and it's, a, it's about giving, 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 giving. And it, it, it's, n- it's not very easy to get on somebody's radar when, you know, the very first res- or first interaction or even first several interactions are about asking, 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 asking. <sighs> so here's the deal. Butch, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the very kind and generous words. You say that I'm a, one of those really good, genuine guys. But I, I will tell you, there are some people out there who... Uh, There are some people that I'm friends with that I would say are in their heart their their heart is, you know, 10 times more more gold in their heart than than is even in my own heart. And I've heard folks out there say some very negative things about some of the reactions that they've received or maybe haven't received. And then they in turn praise me for how much I do actually engage with them and and the reality is, is that I feel bad for those guys because, um, you know, I I'm, I might get forty to a hundred plus emails a day, and I happen to know that some of them get five hundred to a thousand emails a day. And I I'll just tell you right now, I don't know. I I believe one day I will get to the place where my main email that comes into my business, my brand, I will get to a place probably one day where I will have a minimum of 1,000 to 5,000 emails a day, every single day. And I'll tell you right now, I will never be successful doing the things God has called me to do if I answer every, or if I even read every one of those emails. I will not be. I it, I won't be able to do what, what I've been called to do. And so I will tell you that right now, most of the people that I do life with intentionally um, you know, the, the people that are my peers, the people that are in mastermind groups with me, um, uh, these people are somewhere right around where I am in, in the, in the, in their journey or further beyond. And if they have not already, if they're not already at a place where they are, they have a private email in, in inbox and they have somebody else, an assistant that actually monitors and responds to all the public email that comes into the main inbox for them. If they're not already in that situation, and I only know of probably three who are at my level or further on who haven't done that, they're actually in the process or thinking about switching over to that. And I've been thinking about it over the last two and a half years myself, have not done it. Instead, each time, I've made decisions to cut back on my commitments to income generating pursuits rather than cutting back on those sort of things. But I will tell you, there, there that wasn't the only reason. There, the other reason is that, you know, I just needed to uh, do some things. I needed to prune a couple things back and and actually start putting my efforts towards things that actually are going to be more productive with my time. And those are actually going to generate lots more emails than the other activities that I was doing. And guess what? There will be a time where, Butch, I might not even see your email when it comes in. That's, man, that's hard to say. But it may happen one day. And um, I don't know. It's not an easy thing. And so I appreciate what you're saying. But uh, my gosh, you know, obviously, Butch, there's no question in my mind based upon your feedback that you are a man of faith and as a man of faith and a faith that I believe that I share with you 
you understand what it means to actually be given unmerited favor, this thing we call grace. And I beg of everyone who's <laughs> left me voicemail feedback for Podcast Answer Man. By the way, uh, I played three pieces of audio feedback today. Two of them were from, from September of last year. Um, I just asked for your grace. And, and, and I asked for, for your grace to be extended to the other people you know that are successful, that inspire you. And understand that uh, we, those of us who genuinely care are trying to live by the motto of, motto of doing for some what you wish you could do for everyone. But actually understanding emphatically that you cannot do for everyone what you wish you could do for them. It's not possible. You have to get to a place at some point during the, your journey of success and growth that you won't be able to do for everyone the things that they hope that you will be able to do for them and the things that you wish you could do. So, yeah, that's the topic I wanted to bring out of that. But Butch, I appreciate you, my friend, and I do look forward to the opportunity of shaking your hand. In fact, send me another email. I'll be looking for it this time. And how about you and I get together for a Chipotle lunch? How about that? I'm opening that invitation to you. Uh, and I'll even buy. How's that? So um, just reach out to me, Butch, and, and we'll make it happen. But hey, I wish I could do that for all of you guys, but I can't. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, that, that was the topic. That's why I wanted to put it in there. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. This actually turned out much better than I thought it would at the, from the beginning of the show, so I'm very happy with that. Uh, special thank you to one individual who uh, used my... Bluehost affiliate link to sign up for another domain, kingdomforwardpc.com. Thank you. I received a very generous commission as a result of the registration of that domain using my Bluehost affiliate link over at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting if you want to hear all of my thoughts about hosting your website and your media files. And of course, I do want to mention real quick, podcastinga2z.com, podcastinga2z.com. I already have, and I'm going to, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's four people registered. Four registered for my June 2nd course that's coming up. So already getting those filled in. Anyway, God bless you all, and I will be back again next week. And until then, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Helping you to get the thing. It's a man.